Welcome to today's energy show. On this week, we're going to delve into the question, what solar panels should I buy? It's a question we get all the time at Cinnamon Solar. And it's usually the first question that people ask because they see information about panels and they're wondering, should I get this one? Should I get that one? This company says it's really good. So I, I kind of took a step back on the answer to this question and, and looked at what I've learned over the past 15 years or so. And I've divided it into two parts. The first question is kind of what you want. It's based on your quality perceptions and your budget. The, these quality perceptions are kind of tough to nail down because there's a lot of inaccuracies and misinformation and just facts that aren't that relevant out there. It's, it's based on preferences. It's an emotional decision. You're kind of making these choices based on incomplete information. Uh, what, what's also important is what you want as far as what your budget is. And there's alternatives you have in terms of financing. You could pay cash for the system. You could borrow money. You could get pays. You can lease a system. Uh, if budget's tight, you can get fewer panels or you can get cheaper panels. So that's kind of what you want. And that's what we're going to focus on today. The other question, which is, which is really important is what you need. How many solar panels, what size system do you need based on two factors, your available roof space and your electric bill. And this is something that's pretty easy to determine, although you don't always get the information. It's an engineering answer. All diligent installers should give you roughly the same answer. If you have a bill that's a thousand kilowatt hours a month, it's, it's a mathematical answer to see how many panels you need on your particular roof. And experienced solar installers will be able to give you a good, reliable answer. So that question, what you need, is something we're going to answer on another show. Today's focus is on what you want. We're going to kind of talk about the quality perceptions of solar panels. And what we're going to talk about really applies to home and commercial systems. It doesn't really apply specifically to large utility-scale systems because there's very different issues there. And they use panels with different characteristics. But today's discussion is really optimized for sloped or flat roof systems and, and mostly residential and, and small commercial. So first, some general background about solar panels. There's a lot of perceptions about panels, but they're really not the realities. And let me just give you some examples. When you're going to buy a car, there's some very obvious different quality, performance, and convenience features. How big is the engine? What's the gas mileage? What's the torque of the engine? What kind of sound system do you have? How comfortable the seats? I mean, you can compare these things uh, on, a, on a checklist by checklist basis, and, and it's, it's a very specific number. With solar panels, solar panels are like a commodity. It's like computer memory, whether you buy this 5 gigabyte thumb drive or that 5 gigabyte thumb drive, they're all going to be about the same. They're going to hold 5 gigabytes. There's very little quality difference there. Um, computer memory sold on a dollar per kilobyte basis. Oh, I guess I'm dating myself. Uh, megabyte basis. I'm still dating myself. Actually, we're counting it based on gigabytes. So like computer memory, solar panels are also sold on a price per performance basis, on, sold on a price per watt basis. All solar panels put out about the same amount of energy per rated watt of power, regardless of who makes them and regardless of other claims that they might have. So if you have a house that, that and you want to get a 6,000-watt system, and that's what your installer says, you need 6,000 watts to zero out your electric bill, uh, that would need 30 panels if each panel is 200 watts. But you can also get 20 panels 
if they were all 300 watt panels. You're going to get the exact same output, 6,000 watts. The difference is, is that the 300 watt panels put out simply about 50% more energy um, per panel. They're going to, they're just going to be more efficient. Um, and, and so generally you're going to want to get, I mean, it's a good thing. Let's get something that's the most efficient. But here's the thing. Those more efficient panels always cost more money. So that, that 200 watt panel might cost you $0.70, 70 cents a watt and the 300 watt panel might cost a dollar a watt. Now I'm just using example numbers because these these price figures change pretty regularly. But but on that basis, if you were going to get the lower efficiency panels, 6,000 watts of lower efficiency panels, your installer would pay $4,200 for those panels. Whereas if you wanted to get the same 6,000 watts of high efficiency panels, high efficiency is good but it's going to cost you $6,000. That's a lot more money. And and you may not need that unless you have a space-constrained situation. In other words, if you really have a small roof, then you might want to go with high-efficiency panels. But if you don't have a small roof, why pay the extra money? So let's take a look at what the characteristics of these solar panels are. What what goes what goes into a solar panel? Well, they're they're basically right now. You know, we're talking about 2015. They're all about the same size. Um, the most common panel is a is a big rectangular panel. It's about 65 inches high, 40 inches wide. They're putting out power outputs in the range of about. 240 to maybe the most efficient ones are 310, 320 watts. And they all have 60 cells. So there's six cells across, 10 cells down. Each solar cell is about six inches in diameter. And that's that's the way they all are. Um, there's also another size panels. These are a little bit older. They're um, called 72 cell panels. They're a little bit smaller and uh, they have smaller cells and they usually have lower output. All of these panels use the same technology. They all use crystalline silicon, whether polycrystalline or monocrystalline. Really no big difference. Mono is usually a little bit more expensive. Mono is a little bit um, higher efficient. Um, mono crystalline cells also generally don't um, work as well when it gets really, really hot. There's more of what's called a temperature coefficient. These are all standard crystalline cells. This is what you know, Bell Labs invented over 50 years ago. Not something called cad- cadmium telluride, not SIGs. These are just the ordinary silicon cells. Very reliable. They just keep working. Um, and, and the way the panels are put together is the cells are made in a factory, same as, same as computer chips, just on, on a much bigger scale. Then the cells are laminated between a piece of tempered glass and a plastic back sheet. There's some glue that goes in between that, that uh, is UV resistant. It makes the whole package waterproof. There's then an aluminum frame that goes around the, the glass because if you don't have that frame, that glass is going to break during transportation. And that frame is then uh, installed onto the roof with, with a racking system or newest systems have, uh, don't, don't have racking. The panel's attached directly to the roof. So because it's got a tempered glass front, they're almost indestructible. Um, I've, they're not affected by hailstorms. This is kind of amazing. I've never seen a panel that was broken by hail. Um, you, I have seen them sometimes broken when you drop a, like a hammer from a high height or somehow a tree branch falls on the panel. Um, but usually the tree branches don't fall because their panels are in the sun and there's no trees around. You can even walk on the panels, although it's not recommended. It's, so these are kind of standard panels. They all look the same. They all work the same. All panels have the same warranty terms. Their warranties are typically between 20 and 30 years. By far and away, the most common warranty period is 25 years. That's it. It's simple. 
But there's lots of anecdotal claims and undocumented manufacturer claims. Manufacturers say that their warranty, their panels are better because they have a longer warranty. It's a lifetime warranty. It's a 40-year warranty. Who knows? Uh, some claim that they have less degradation because all panels are, are rated to very slightly decline. Maybe that the the cell, um, the, the uh, glue inside may get a little bit obscured or, or they wear out a little bit. Maybe the glass gets a little foggy. A very, very tiny degradation. It's minor. It's usually like 0.2 to 0.5% per year. Um, some have less reflected light so that they're going to absorb more uh, energy. Um, but the thing is, that there's almost no reliable third-party data showing that these that one panel manufacturers are better, are are more reliable than the other. So, this is hard for a homeowner or a business owner to figure out what panels to get. It's also actually kind of hard for an installer to figure out. Most installers, um, if if you really press them, they're going to say, yeah, they're all kind of about the same unless there's another agenda going on. So how do you decide what panel to get? Or how do you believe what the installer says? Well, it used to be for me that I used to say that buy, you want to buy the panels from the biggest companies. And that was a good way to ensure long-term reliability. And that kind of makes sense. You say, you know, this company's going to be around. Um, and, and, and that was um, kind of what I've been saying for the last 10 years or so. But then I, I did some research into this lately, and, and the research was based on data of, of, of long-term companies that are, that are the biggest solar manufacturers in the world. And I got some data from uh, Paula Mintz at SPV Market Research, and she's been doing market research in the solar industry for a long time. She's got data going back to, to before 2001 about who the top manufacturers were. And I kind of dug in to this data over the past 15 years of the top solar manufacturers. And I learned something really uh, kind of interesting. So let, let me just tell you who the, the biggest manufacturers were last year. And this is in 2014. Top manufacturers in this top 10 list changes you know, gradually over time. Uh, tr the, I'm going to kind of read down from 1 to 10. Trina, number 2, was Hanwha Solar 1, then Yingli, then Neo Solar, then Jinko Solar, then First Solar, then Motec, Arion, CSI, it's Canadian Solar, and Gentech. Now, these are, these are both cell and module manufacturers. It's kind of combined. And that's kind of interesting. And then I said, well, let's go way back, 14 years back, and see who the top manufacturers were in 2001. And I've, I was doing installations then, and I was using a lot of these products. Well, number one in 2001 was Sharp Solar, then BP Solar, then Kyocera, then Shell Solar, then AstroPower, then RWE Shot, then ESO Photon, then Photowatt, then Sanyo, then Kaneka. So you've probably never heard of half of these names in 2001, which were the biggest solar panel manufacturers and solar cell manufacturers. So here's the surprising point. When I kind of went through from 2001 to 2010, what happened to the top manufacturers over those years? Um, it's, it's really interesting. Here's what I found. When I counted up the, of, of the hundred companies that were in each of the top 10 years, so every year you've got 10 companies, 10 times 10 is 100. 51 of these top 10 companies went bankrupt, sold out, or shut down their solar operations. So these were the top solar manufacturers from 2001 to 2010. 51% are gone. So that kind of amazed me. And, and I have personal experience with mo many of these companies. And 
they made good products. They still make good products um, in, in almost every single case. Um, even the ones that went bankrupt, they're still working. The panels are still working. But the point is that I don't have a lot of confidence that today's top 10 indicates the quality of the panels or it's going to have any bearing at all on whether or not those companies are going to be around in 10 years to honor their warranty. And that's kind of a surprise. Um, things change a lot in the solar industry. And let me just kind of step through what's happened with, with some of these top 10 companies, going back to 2001, right? So in 2001, Sharp Solar was number one, and we started installing Sharp Solar panels in, in 2002. They're great. You know, I'm, I'm still doing maintenance on, on systems with Sharp panels, and they're working great. Um, but Sharp got out of the solar panel manufacturing business a few years ago. They sold their plant that was based in Memphis, Tennessee. They're not making solar panels in the U.S. anymore. I think they're still manufacturing for the Japanese market, but they're out in the U.S., BP Solar, number two, they got out of solar. They just threw in the towel. They'd rather concentrate on on oil and, and everything else. Kind of going back, and, and we talk about um, Shell, Sol- Shell Solar, which was number four. Um, well, kind of setting the clock back, Arco Solar, another oil company, um, started up a solar business in, 19, um, in, in, the, in the 80s or 70s. I don't know. I wasn't around. Um, it wasn't doing PV then. In 1990, Arco sold their solar plant to Siemens. Siemens is a big electronics and electrical company. In 2002, same plant was handed off to Shell. So it went from Arco to Siemens to Shell. And then in 2006, Shell got out of the solar business and said, uh, we're going to sell it to Solar World, which was um, one of the, the biggest uh, worldwide manufacturers based in Germany. Solar World's a German company. So it goes Arco, Siemens, Shell, Solar World. Same plant, three different owners. And now I hear that they may be shutting down their, uh, they have a plant down in Southern California somewhere. It's an old plant. They're probably going to shut down. So there's there's a lot of changes as far as who's running these plants. Then the, the, the building stays there. The name changes. Um, when you talk about some of the financial challenges as the solar industry kind of goes up and down, when, when the solar industry is going up and there's a shortage of supply and the prices are high, lots of companies are making a profit. But when it gets really tough and there's an oversupply situation or demand slows down, um, these companies get under pressure. So kind of looking back, and there's a, there's a lot of solar manufacturers that just went bankrupt. Now, that doesn't mean that their products aren't working, um, but they filed for bankruptcy either uh, in the U.S. Or, or overseas. Astropower one of the biggest manufacturers um, that they were the dominant residential company back in 2001. SunTech, biggest in the world in, in uh, the last part of the last decade. Kaneka, Photowatt, Isophoton, even QCells, they all went bankrupt. Now, QCells is still operating under Hanwha. Hanwha bought their assets, so you can still buy QCells panels. They're, they're good. Uh, Hanwha is still selling panels. They bought a company called SolarFun and renamed it to SolarOne, so they're, they're still there. Uh, SunTech, made great panels and my quality experiences with SunTech, one of the biggest manufacturers in China, um, the biggest in the world in 2010 and 11, great quality, but they went bankrupt and now they're owned by uh, the, the Chinese state government. So the important point is that these companies may disappear, but the panels are still working fine in almost every single case. Um, and we'll talk about some of the outliers there. So now, what about now? What are the top solar manufacturers now? Well, let's look at the top 10 list of solar cells and modules for 2014. Out of that list, 60% of these companies are, are Chinese-based or Chinese headquarter-based. 30% are in Taiwan. Taiwan makes a lot of solar cells. China makes a lot of cells and modules. Only one company in the top 10 list is actually based 
in, um, that does a lot of manufacturing in the U.S. That's First Solar. Now, First Solar manufactures their, their uh, utility-scale panels in, in other plants all around the world. Um, First Solar does not have a product that really works well on residential rooftops, mainly because the efficiency is a little low, and they don't have gla- they don't have aluminum frames, so it's hard to get that sheet of glass up onto the roof. So almost all of these companies are, are based in Asia, most of them are publicly traded, so we can find out how they're doing from a profitability standpoint. And you can kind of look at it, and what you're going to find is when there's a, uh, an undersupply of solar panels and uh, demand is, is high, these companies are doing great. And when there's an oversupply situation, they're going to get challenged. But right now, we're, we're kind of in a place where supply is roughly equal to demand, and there's been some good stability for pricing for the past few years. Now, what about panels that are made in the U.S. It's ideal if we make the solar panels themselves in the U.S. Why? Because we're going to be um, creating more manufacturing jobs. Now, the irony, the flip side of it is here, is that those manufacturing jobs are are good, but there's way more manufacturing jobs on the installation side. So uh, what you'll find is that there's only a few manufacturers that that manufacture in the U.S. Most of the ones are not. So the the ones that are manufactured in the U.S. are companies like Solar World, Suniva, Aqua, and, and, and a few others. Now, the country of origin of solar panels is very tricky because it's not what you think. Uh, solar World's actually made in, in Oregon. Suniva, which is uh, probably the second biggest U.S. manufacturer, they make their solar cells in Georgia. But then they ship the solar cells to China to turn them into modules because the labor's over there is cheaper. The solar, the Suniva panels that are actually made, manufactured here in the U.S. are much more expensive. Um, solar cells, so, uh, solar world does everything in Oregon, um, and both are expensive. They're good panels. What we're usually using now at at Cinnamon Solar is from Oxen Solar, and and there's a few other companies like Oxen that that actually make their modules. They have lamination plants where they they laminate the cells to the glass and put the frames on right here in the U.S. We like Oxen. Their factories right here in San Jose. It's local jobs. They actually import their cells from other sources, usually Taiwan, which is the the biggest cell manufacturer company uh, country besides China and and since it's here in Silicon Valley we can inspect the factory and everything is is a very good quality very uh, um, high high degree of local service good availability now Canadian solar another company um, they make really good product and you know heck Canada's like the US it's close by but the irony is you're gonna find with Canadian solar most of the cells and modules are actually made in China so the company has a, a, a headquarter in Canada but the manufacturer is done in China so Power, great company. They're headquartered in San Jose, but their modules and cells are made in the Philippines and Malaysia. Um, really good panels, very efficient, but they're the most expensive. So that's kind of like buying the uh, the Mercedes of of uh, solar. And if you just you know if if you're just looking at, at getting the most cost effective panels. They're usually not going to fit in there. And there's tariffs on solar panels, and that's make, made a lot of these decisions as from where to buy them from and where is cost-effective a little bit trickier. So the real question is, if you definitely want something made in the USA, the question you're going to have to answer is, how much more do you want to pay for your system? Do you want to, if you don't want to pay a lot more, your choices are going to be limited. If you do want to pay more, then you're going to find that there's, there's more choices. But a lot of people aren't going to want to pay two or $3,000 more just to get the panels that are made in the U.S. when the performance is going to be exactly the same as if the panels were made elsewhere. So we'll talk more about that in, in a little while. Um, the, a big, big issue, big question is people say, well, my panels are longer warranty. It's more reliable. Well, here's the thing. There's almost no data 
Um, and the data is mostly anecdotal. Um, the manufacturers do back the warranties, but the reality is there's almost never, ever, ever a failure of a solar panel. They just kind of work. And every single manufacturer, whether they just started up yesterday in a dusty plant somewhere in the, in the middle of China or a really established company that's been manufacturing solar panels for 15 years, they all say they have a great quality. It's kind of like bottled water companies all saying that their water is the best. You know, the reality is that they just all turned a tap on somewhere and filtered it. And I apologize if I offend any water aficionados out there because I'm a barbarian. I just drink tap water. But, but, but the thing is that there's really no industry data about what solar panels are more reliable. Manufacturers keep records, but they don't disclose the data. So here's some anecdotes. I mean, I've just been doing these installations for a while, and, and I had quality problems with a couple of the biggest Japanese manufacturers. They immediately jumped on the problem, replaced the panels, wrote us a check for our labor to remove them and reinstall them, and then picked up the, the panels that had some defects. And these were defects when they transitioned to lead-free solder back in 2001. I've had problems with, with uh, panels from... Um, companies, uh, major oil company manufacturers, I won't mention names, and, and it's kind of the same thing, junction boxes and solder, and, and in some cases had a lot of trouble getting warranty service from these oil companies, and maybe they just didn't have the culture of renewable energy, and, and that's probably the reason there. The other thing that I found is then when, when the industry was suffering and margins were low, a lot of these um, companies used su some, some, not a lot, just a few, used subpar cells, and they were a little bit cheating as far as the output. So the 250-watt the panel really might have been 220, but they put a 250-watt label on. Sleazy, those companies really are, are gone right now. So the question is, pick, pick a big company. Is the size and the stability of the company really going to mean that they're around to back their warranty? A big public company is good, but as I said, many are gone or acquired. Um, I see no historic relationship between the size of the company as far as their position in the industry, the top 10 list, and the longevity or the ability to support the warranties. And as I mentioned, 51% of the companies that were on the top 10 list um, probably won't be on the top 10 list 10 years from now. And the thing is that these problems aren't going to manifest themselves immediately. They're going to start happening five or ten years down the road. So what about your installer? Is your installer going to tell you what's good? Well, the installers a lot of times have preferences based on what's convenient for them, what they have a lot of inventory of. A lot of installers, the big installers especially, have no clue what kind of solar panels are going to put on your roof in two months. They're selling energy. They're selling a system. Um, they don't know what's going to be cheapest two months from now, so they just say, we're going to give you a six-kilowatt system with, with generic panels. Um, most installers also, to be efficient, install a fairly narrow range of products because it's expensive to swap from one manufacturer to another. There's engineering differences, some slight technical differences. The installers may give you some fancy reasons that this is an established company or it's really high quality, and the, re the reality is there's almost no backup for that. And the real reason is probably going to end up being price and convenience for the installer. And I, I would suggest when, when you're looking at buying panels, buy the less, the less expensive panels. There's shop for something that's relatively low cost for good quality. The cost for the panels is probably going to stay low. It doesn't look like it's going to go up a lot, and it doesn't look like it's going to go down a lot, especially when you look at all the other factors, the labor, the, the cost for the equipment, the installation, the inverters. And just keep in mind, those cheap panels are going to put out the same amount of energy for 25 years as the expensive panels. I don't care what anybody says. So my closing advice, the most important thing is find an installer that you trust 
based on their references and, and looking at their older references, not their references from last month when the system's installed and the customer doesn't have experience, but find people that have been doing this for a long time and find out if after the net metering statement was sent in and they've done the true up, if, if the customer's really happy with the output that they're getting. Um, the panel manufacturer doesn't really matter that much. I can't think of a single customer over the past 15 years who was unhappy with the solar panels they bought ever. Whether it's one month or 10 months later when they've completely forgotten about that glass on the roof. So my, my advice, spend your money and focus on finding a good installation company rather than good panels. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. 